0: Friends, welcome to season two of Terry's Mysterious Moments. Thank you for listening to the show. I hope you find something interesting, or maybe something spooky, or maybe something just mysterious. Hi folks. This week I would like to pay tribute to Art Bell, a man who is passionate about many things, close-minded about few things, and willing to discuss almost anything. A man who kept his private life and business private, admirably. I remember Art Bell as a friendly old coot, although when I listened to him he was younger than I am now, so. Old Coot doesn't really do him justice. Perhaps curmudgeon is a better word. But one thing I'm not sure how many people understood was Art Bell's sense of humor. I remember one show where he found a particular sound file somewhere online and felt it worthy to play on his show. However, before he played it, he gave fair warning that if any of the listeners were cat people, like I think he was, then please not be holding their cats when he played this file then proceeded to play it and it sounded something like this he said he played it in his studio office and his cat or cats went absolutely bonkers he played it several times over the next few shows and always had a chuckle with it to me that showed me that Art Bell was just a guy who had fun in his work Art Bell III was born in Jacksonville, North Carolina, on June 17, 1945. Bell was always interested in radio and at the age of 13 became a licensed amateur radio operator. Bell held an amateur extra class license, which is the top U.S. Federal Communications Commission license class. His call sign was w 60 obb Art Bell served in the U.S. Air Force as a medic during the Vietnam War and in his free time operated a pirate radio station at Amarillo Air Force Base. He would make a point of playing anti-war music like Eve of Destruction and Fortunate Son, stuff that wasn't aired on the Armed Forces Network. Sounds to me like he was the Adrian Cronauer of Amarillo, as portrayed by Robin Williams in... Good morning, Vietnam. After leaving the military service, he stayed in Asia, living on the Japanese island of Okinawa. And he worked as a disc jockey while he was there for a radio station called KSBK, which was the only non military English language station in Japan. While there, he earned a Guinness World Record by staying on the air for 116 hours and 15 minutes. He did it for a charity, and the money he raised there allowed Art Bell to charter a DC-8 airplane, fly to Vietnam, and rescue 130 Vietnamese orphans stranded in Saigon at the war's end. They were eventually brought to the United States and adopted by American families. That's the kind of man Art Bell was. Art returned to the United States and studied engineering at the University of Maryland, College Park. Although he dropped out, he returned to radio as a board operator and chief engineer, and sometimes got on the air. For several years, he worked behind and in front of the microphone. After a period of working in cable television, in 1986, the 50,000 watt KDWN in Las Vegas, Nevada, offered Bell a five-hour time slot in the middle of the night. Syndication of his program to other radio stations began in 1993. First, he was a rock music DJ. Then he moved into talk radio. Art's original 1978 late-night Las Vegas program on KDWN was a political call-in show under the name West Coast AM. In 1988, Bell and Alan Corbreth renamed it Coast to Coast AM and moved its broadcast from the Plaza Hotel in Las Vegas to Bell's home in Pahrump. Art Bell abandoned the conventional political talk in favor of topics such as gun control and conspiracy theories, which made his show more popular in the overnight ratings. After the Oklahoma City bombing in 1995, Art's focus again shifted significantly Many in the media didn't want to be blamed for inciting anti government or militia actions like the bombing. So, subsequently, Art Bell discussed offbeat topics like the paranormal, the occult, UFOs, proto science, and pseudoscience. During his tenure at KDWN, Bell met and married his third wife, Ramona who later handled production and management duties for his program. The Washington Post said in its February 23, 1997 edition, Bell was at the time America's highest rated late night radio talk show host, broadcasting on 328 stations. In a report in the Oregonian in its June 22, 1997 edition, Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell was on 460 stations. At its initial peak in popularity, Coast to Coast AM was syndicated on more than 500 radio stations and claimed 15 million listeners nightly, one of which was me. Bell's studios were located in his home in the town of Pahrump, located in Nye County, Nevada. Hence the voiceover catchphrase, from the Kingdom of Nigh." Fans regarded Bell as a master showman, and he was. He, He would get interest in any subject he had. Art himself called his show absolute entertainment, and expressly said that he did not necessarily accept every guest or every caller's claims, but only offered a forum where they could not be openly ridiculed. In other words, if you said you were abducted by aliens and taken to the planet Venus and then brought back and set loose on Earth, he'd accept that. He may not believe it personally, but he would accept it. And he would let you say it. Because it could, it could generate good talk on his program. Art also did not screen his phone calls until 2006 when he actually moved to the Philippines for a while. He subsequently stopped screening calls upon his return to the United States. This earned him the praise from those who declare that the paranormal deserves a mature outlet of discussion in the media as well as the approval of those simply amused by the nightly parade of bizarre, typically fringe topics. Guests like Ed Dames, who talked about remote viewing for the military. Uh, Richard Hoagland, who talked about a lot of things. Terrence McKenna, Danian Brinkley, David John Oates, and Robert Bigelow were all regular guests. Art's own interest, though, did not stick with the paranormal. He he had many interests. He interviewed singers, Crystal Gale, Willie Nelson, Merle Haggard. Eric Burden if you don't know who Eric Burden is you remember the song House of the Rising Sun Eric Burden and the Animals were the ones that made that song famous I believe he also interviewed Gordon Lightfoot. he interviewed comedian George Carlin writer Dean Koontz, hard science fiction writer Greg Baer X-Files writer and creator Chris Carter TV talk host Regis Philbin Star Trek actor, Leonard Nimoy. Actor, Dan Aykroyd. Former Luftwaffe pilot, Bruno Stola, Actress, Jane Seymour. Actress, Ellen Muth. Actor and TV host, Robert Stack. Human rights lawyer, John Loftus. Legendary disc jockey, Casey Kasem. And frequent guests, physicist Michio Okaku and SETI astronomers Seth Shostak and H. Paul Schuch. Beginning in 96 though Bell was criticized for reporting rumors that the comet Hale-Bopp was being trailed by a UFO. It was speculated that members of the Heaven's Gate group committed mass suicide based on rumors that Bell aired, but others dismissed it noting that the Heaven's Gate website stated Whether Hale-Bopp has a companion or not is irrelevant from our perspective. It was reported later, however, that Bell was also one of the first to publicize expert opinions refuting the alien companion said to have been shadowing Hale-Bopp, such as that published in 98 from the Jet Propulsion Laboratory suggesting that the satellite was natural rather than artificial. John Lear, a ufologist, was a frequent guest on Coast to Coast AM, and Art Bell credits him with getting Art himself onto the paranormal track for a show. Lear and a man named Bob Lazar, who was also a guest on Art Bell's program, had unveiled their alleged infiltration and revelations of Area 51. Bob Lazar claims to have worked on reverse engineering extraterrestrial technology at a site called S4, near Area 51, and that the UFOs used gravity wave propulsion. He said this was powered by, at the time, undiscovered Element 115, which is now called Muscovium. He further claims to have read U.S. government briefing documents that describe alien involvement in human affairs over the past 10,000 years. He, at the time, ran a scientific supply company, but universities from which he claimed to hold degrees show no record of him. Art Bell interviewed Neil Chase on March 23, 1994, and he predicted the nuking of New York City for that exact date. Bell's one coolness slip was when he became hysterical and lost his radio composure when he read the headline that came over the newswire just at the start of his interview with Chase that Newark had been nuked. This headline referred to the exact report of the eyewitness account of a pilot flying into Newark seeing the giant Hiroshima and Nagasaki-sized fireball and mushroom cloud from the Edison gas explosion. The pillar of fire, after the initial flash of the blast, reached over 1,000 feet or 300 meters into the night sky. I think that probably would have weirded me out too. On May 24th, Bell interviewed William Luther Pierce, author of the Turner Diaries, in which Pierce, writing under the pseudonym Andrew MacDonald, depicted a race war leading to the extermination of Jews, non-whites, and gay people. Pierce denounced interracial marriage, calling white people who married non-whites traitors to the white race apparently unaware that Bell himself was in an interracial marriage, as his then-wife, Ramona Bell, was an Asian-American of Filipino descent. After Ramona's death, his subsequent wife, Erin, would also be Filipino. One of Bell's coast-to-coast interviews occurred in 1997 with Mel Waters, who discussed what is known as Mel's Hole, in rural Washington State. The opening is said to be a fantastically deep vertical shaft which possesses bizarre properties. However, no such hole has ever been physically located by anyone attempting to verify this story. On May 23, 1997, Bell interviewed a man who called himself Victor who claimed to have been at S-4, like Bob Lazar, this was near Area 51, and was responsible for the release to the public of a nearly three-minute video commonly called the Alien Interview. For almost two hours, Victor described the EBE, the Extraterrestrial Biological Entities program at S4, and his claims verified most of Bob Lazar's claims. Not sure that that meant that either one was true. September 11, 1997, Bell took a call from a frantic man claiming to be an ex Area 51 employee who grew progressively more upset as the call wore on, culminating in the shows going temporarily off the air because of a satellite failure. The gentleman allegedly called back on April 28, 1998, admitting that the original call was fraudulent. However, the second caller's voice, tone and mannerisms, have called into question whether this was the same person. Many believe this was a cover-up from the government, as the original call was cut off. Seventeen years later, comic book writer Brian J. L. Glass called into Jimmy Church's Fade to Black program, claiming to be the man behind the call. J. C. Webster III, or J. C. Webster began calling in in 1996 and has been on the air over 50 times since then. He purports to be a Baptist revival preacher, believes Bell to be the devil's mouthpiece, and has continued to call even though George Norrie has taken over and guest hosts. Although some listeners have expressed a disbelief that someone like J.C. could exist, Bell and George Ori have repeated their beliefs that Webster is real and is neither a put-on nor a plant. On October 23rd, the week before Halloween, 1997, Art Bell interviewed Harlot the Witch, also known as Patsy. 1998, Bell received two faxes from John Titor, a self-proclaimed time traveler from 2036, who made many fantastic predictions and discussed time travel. In a 1997 show, Bell interviewed a gentleman claiming to be a time traveler from the year 2063. He was known as Single Seven, a rank in the time travel unit he was in. Bugs, an aging farmer who has repeatedly told of his account of shooting and burying two Bigfoot creatures back in the 1970s in the Texas Panhandle, initially thinking they were bears. Bugs has mailed a map of the location of this burial the bell to be released to the public upon bugs' death during his first appearance in 96 bugs said he had taken a dozen Polaroid photos of the creatures he would be willing to send a Bell none of the alleged photos has yet been made available a caller in 2000 named Daniel Murray claimed he was a majestic agent from Downey California in 2003. Chris Clements, a freelance writer with the Washington Post, called Bell to tell him he had evidence of a financial connection between the Bush family and the Bin Ladens. Clements went on to further tell of how his research showed that 9-11 may have been orchestrated by the Bush family and hinted at proof of a coming police state with secret prisons and the chipping of citizens. Clements promised to forward all of his information to Bell. Not sure of that being followed through or followed up on. In October of 2003, Art Bell interviewed Temple of the Vampire, Representative Nemo. Nemo spoke about the Temple of the Vampire's beliefs and practices. In February 2005, Art Bell received a call from a person calling himself Oscar, proclaiming to be the son of Satan. Oscar has since called George Nuri as well but disappeared after a June 2007 on-air confrontation with JC. Go get him JC. In March of 2005, a man also called about disturbing events on Kwajalein and Johnston Atoll, about a weapon that only targeted certain people and could leave others unhurt. He indicated that he had been on both islands that are U.S. military only, and that these weapons had been tested in 1993. Bell lost the call after another voice came on the line with a click saying, Shelton, terminate the call from A6. Bell tried to call the man back but was unsuccessful. In 2009, David Van Dyke, a photojournalist with Metro News Canada, called in to Coast to Coast, which was being guest hosted by Art that night, and warned listeners that Toronto would become a testing ground for police tactics and subverting citizens at a soon-to-be-announced global summit. Weeks after the call, Canadian Prime Minister Stephen Harper announced that Toronto would play host to the G20 summit. Van Dyke, also a Toronto citizen, returned to the show after the announcement and declared that Toronto's downtown would be stripped of everything not bolted down. Even trees and sticks will be removed so that the oligarchy could not be touched. Well, with some intelligent and entertaining guests, you gotta take a few out theres. As far as honors go, 1998 Art Bell was named as recipient of the Snuffed Candle Award, which is a backhanded slap in my humble opinion by the Committee for Skeptical Inquiries, Council for Media Integrity. Bell was recognized by the Council for, quote, perpetuating conspiracy myths and mystery-mongering, unquote. When Bell learned of the award, he replied, and I'm quoting Art, "'A mind should not be so open that the brains fall out. "'However, it should not be so closed.' that whatever gray matter which does reside may not be reached. On behalf of those with the smallest, remaining, open aperture, I accept with honor." August 2006, Art was inducted into the Nevada Broadcasters Association Hall of Fame. He did not attend. On March 20, 2007, Bell received a Lifetime Achievement Award from the trade publication Radio and Records. In Los Angeles. Art was inducted into the National Radio Hall of Fame in 2008. I can admit to being privileged and somewhat stoked to have been a caller into the Art Bell show several times during different subjects and with different guests. I told my ghost horse story, which I have told on real paranormal activity before I started Mysterious Moments on one of the ghost shows for one year. I think I told some other stories on the show a few other times as well but that was between 21 and 26 years ago. I remember I did get into an argument with Michio Okaku about how theoretical his theoretical physics were. I lost that argument simply because I opened my mouth about a subject that I hadn't then and still don't today have a clue about it was fun to be on national or could it be international radio too but now I'm on internationally now what a neat path my life has taken yes Art Bell got many of us I dare say into examining the paranormal UFOs, aliens conspiracy theories and the like he caused quite a few of us to want to speak with others about it Thus, we got into radio or moved into the future with podcasts. He always was professional, even with jerks and idiots, and a few of us whom he had compassion on, and gave us a calm voice in the midst of confusing topics. I remember the night the story about the Phoenix Lights broke. I heard about it from Art Bell. Perhaps it was his matter-of-fact style of presenting things that made him such a pleasure to listen to. I hope I can sound that cool someday. Arthur William Bell III. June 17th, 1945. To April 13th, 2018. We'll miss you, sir. Godspeed. That's what I have for this week, folks. I thank you for listening. I thank you for coming back each week being faithful. If you have any comments, please let me know at Terry's Mysterious Moments on Facebook or at Terry's Mysterious Moments at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you have any stories, I want to hear them too. Thanks for being here tonight. Have a great week.